0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, how's the tribe doing today here in the cameo? Everybody doing all right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you guys aren't messing around today. It's great to be with you guys and want to welcome those of you that are worshiping online as well. We've got some baptisms coming up here in just a bit. Um, but before we get into the teaching today, since tomorrow is September the 11th, we felt like it would be appropriate to just spend just a moment in our services to both mourn the losses, remember and honor those who served so valiantly during that rough time many years ago when the terrorists attacked the buildings in New York. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we come before you, we pray for those that lost friends and family members in those horrific attacks on September the 11th, all those years ago, And we pray that you would bring a peace in their hearts today as they remember. This time of year comes around and it just comes back to their minds. And we also honor you for the rescue workers who dug through the rubble to sometimes save people from it, other times to recover bodies. And we honor them for their work and pray that today they would look back knowing that they served with valiance and courage. So we pray for our country. We pray for the citizens of New York and those that were affected by the attacks. And we ask for peace in our land. And we thank you for your kindness and goodness to us and your encouragement and healing even after hard things happen. So we thank you for all this and we honor others. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said Amen. Amen. Well, there are terrorists at work in the spiritual realm, and that is why we've been in a series on the topic of spiritual warfare. And we've seen a lot of this in the realm of entertainment. In fact, the number one music video online these days is by Doja Cat, and it's called Demon. And this is kind of a Creepy video, if you will. You can tell from the picture. In fact, um, if this is one of those satanic panic marketing ploys, then it's actually backfiring because when people see this video, um, people, like thousands of people, are posting in the comments that they're no longer going to be fans and that they're going to start praying and going back to church. So I almost thank the Lord for it in some uh, regards that uh, people are being driven to the Lord because they have nightmares after watching a music video. Well, Um, We know that there are spiritual blindfolds on people, and we're pulling those blindfolds off these days and seeing the reality of the spiritual battle that's at work all around us. And last week, remember, we talked about getting ourselves into what's called the no-spin zone, where we shield ourselves with biblical truth to keep from believing the enemy's lies about our identity and who we are, you know? And we've given you a spiritual warfare prayer, and we've challenged each other to be involved in eight weeks of spiritual warfare praying. It's praying a specific prayer every single day to get into the no-spin zone so that we're not affected by the lies of the enemy. And in case you're coming new here today and you'd like to join us in spiritual warfare praying, every day during the series, you'll see the QR codes on the doors on your way out here as well as on the Commerce Street side of the building and we'll have it on screen for you and you can read the digital version of that prayer out loud or you can listen to the audio version that's on uh, iTunes as well as YouTube. If you wanna just drive along in your car and listen to it, that's fine too. Um, But what what we're doing today is we're gonna look through the Bible and see these different blindfold removers so that we can see Um, what's going on and remove the blindfolds on our own lives and in other people. And one of the things that we've seen around our world in the culture is that there are forces at work in media outlets portraying Christians in a way that I believe is not accurate. So when you see a Christian portrayed in a movie or a television show, it's seldom positive is it? They're always going to show like the Westboro Baptist Church kind of people. And I can just tell you that I don't know anyone in this church that's like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know anyone that is bigoted and hateful and doesn't love people and want to care for people. But this is the portrayal in the media that we see of Christ followers. And there's a reason for that. And the reason that it works that way is because I believe that there are dark forces behind the scenes that are trying to turn the culture hostile towards anyone that follows Jesus or anyone um, who is a Christian, right? Uh, So there was a time in history when the culture was very hostile to Jesus' followers, and there was a Middle Eastern terrorist and his thugs who murdered a Christian pastor, And the terrorists had his thugs stone this Christian pastor to death. And then the group of them was on their way to another small church to do them bodily harm. And when they were on their way there, they were struck on the way by a light. They saw this bright light and like fell to the ground. And then the main terrorist heard this voice that said, Saul, Saul why are you persecuting me? It's useless for you to fight against my will. And some of you are catching on that the terrorists I'm talking about was a guy named Saul who came to faith in Jesus and his name was changed to Paul. Um, And when he fell to the ground, um, blinded by this light, he opened his eyes to try and see again, and he couldn't see at all. And it was three days later that he got discipled and helped by these other believers in Jesus that something like scales fell from his eyes and Paul could once again see. And then Jesus spoke to him and gave him a commissioning, if you will, or a challenge. And I believe that challenge is relevant for you and I Today. And so, would you stand with me now for the reading of God's word in this challenge that comes from Acts chapter 26, verse 17? Jesus says to us, I'm sending you to them to do what? Open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And years later, when Paul was in the midst of fulfilling this challenge in a city called Corinth, he wrote a letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, that says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. It says, the God of this age, and it's not referring to God. The God of this age is referring to the devil. The devil has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So it's like Satan is putting blindfolds on people so they can't see spiritually. And oftentimes we give these teachings here that are like the intellectual proofs or logical proofs proofs for the faith, but oftentimes the issue, and we should give those kind of talks, but oftentimes the issue is not intellectual, it's spiritual in nature that keeps someone from being able to believe. And here's the power that we have in the next verse in our reading, Mark chapter 16, verse 17. It says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out Demons And look, if you don't run into a demon every once in a while, you might be going the same direction. And so that's why uh, we need to look at this next transforming idea. And I want you to say it with me loud and proud when I point to you. It's remove the blindfolds. Ready? Here we go. Remove the blindfolds. So before you sit down, turn to someone next to you and tell them, remove them blindfolds. And then you can take a seat. There you go. Once you've said it, you may sit down. I know you're excited today. It's football season. But before you get home to watch football, and before tonight comes and we watch all gl- our glorious Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> I hope they don't get a demon this season like they have for the past 10 could I show you five blindfold removers today that might work on the cowboys, but they certainly work on demons for sure. And uh, so the number one blindfold remover is blood removes blindfolds. Now that one's gonna sound a little bit weird to those of you that are new to church, but there's this concept in the Bible without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And so we don't do crazy weird like animal sacrifices or anything like that, but we're trusting in the blood of Jesus that was shed for us to pay for our sins when he died on the cross. And so if you go to Revelation chapter 12 in verse 10, it says, for the accuser of the brothers, that's the devil, And he's, by the way, accusing us all the time. It says, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. It says, they overcame him by the what? blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They didn't love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. And so the idea that Jesus' blood paid for our sins is a doctrinal concept called substitutionary atonement. So say those two words when I point to you, you know those words, substitutionary atonement. Here we go. Ready? Substitutionary atonement. And that really just means that Jesus took the full Punishment that we deserved for our sins as a substitute in our place and that all other benefits or results of the atonement find their anchor in this truth, see? And when you believed in Jesus, it's like, you know, you felt guilt and shame, right? Because of the sins and mistakes you've made in this life. When you believe in Jesus, the blood is applied to you. What that means is, is that um God no longer sees your, your imperfection in you. He sees the perfection of Jesus on you because of the blood of Jesus. That is substitutionary atonement. Now, let me show you and illustrate for you how the blood atonement is connected to spiritual warfare. And it's through an ancient practice known as the Roman Triumph Parade. So I brought a painting today of uh, how they portrayed the Roman Triumph Parade. And basically what this is about is when um, the Romans, they would have these massive parades where they would honor one of their military generals. And what, what this honoring was for is when some enemies came against Rome, the generals would go to battle. And when they defeated a particular country or a particular people group in battle, then they would bring the king or the politicians or the dignitaries from that nation that they beat or conquered in battle and they would chain them and they would parade them in front of the Roman citizens in order to shame that conquered people group and lord over their authority, see? So if you can imagine, you go to a fiesta parade and it's like, hey, you know, we are parading in front of you the conquered people groups, you know, like the New York Giants football team that the Cowboys are gonna conquer tonight. You you know, you bring them, you parade them in front. I may eat my words later on tonight. But um, let me show you the connection that this has to the atonement. Um, Go with me to Colossians chapter two, verse 15. It says, and this way he, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He, look at this, shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So basically what this means is, is that Jesus, you know, was so fed up, God was so fed up with the demonic spirits plaguing people putting guilt and shame on us, accusing us all the time that Jesus conquered them when he died on the cross. And because of his victory on the cross and resurrection, he parades the devil and his higher-up demons before all the heavenly hosts in their shame and defeat because Jesus loved us so much. That is good news. Now, let me take you to number two. The second blindfold remover is what I'm gonna call the authoritative word of God removes blindfolds. And I, I pick those words very carefully and very intentionally. And here's why I say the authoritative word is because a lot of people they like to go to their Bible like they go to lubies, right? They're like, I want some of that. I want some of that. I want some of that. I mean, I'm just gonna put together my own little Luann platter right here, you know, of Bible stuff that I like. And these are the same, you know, a lot of times people, they don't like the Bible if it offends them or if it disagrees with their opinion. They're not uh, create. They're, they're not submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, but they're really uh, fitting Jesus into their own mold, a lot of people Do it that way. And look, sometimes the Bible disagrees with me. And sometimes the Bible disagrees with the culture around us. But it is an authoritative word. You follow me? Look, I've been offended by the Bible and I know others have too because you go to it and we're like, well, I like the Bible as long as it doesn't tell me how to have my sex or I like the Bible as long as it doesn't tell me how to use my money and stuff like that. But the Bible is authoritative. Look, if you don't have an authoritative word, you don't have a sword in your hand, you have a letter opener is what you got there. So um, we want to submit ourselves to um, an authoritative word of God and demons always want to denigrate the Word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, because they know that it's a tool in your hands to remove blindfolds from people in the spiritual realm. And some years ago, when I was dealing with someone who was literally manifesting demons in uh, a, a demonized situation, I started out with, in Jesus' name, come out. And sometimes it's not always that simple. I wish it would have been, but the demons wouldn't leave. And so I didn't know what else to do. So I just started reading passages from the Bible. And I was reading these passages from Psalms about how God is so much more powerful than his enemies that he mocks and he laughs at his enemies. And when I read that, the person animating the demon took the person uh, the the demon animating the person uh, took the person 's hand and knocked my Bible out of my hands is so agitated by me reading those passages and so you know what I did I went and picked up my Bible and read some more right on uh, because I wanted to agitate them some more it is a powerful sword in your hands but look at this third blindfold remover and that is the 21 day Partial fasts will help remove blindfolds. Now, I got this practice from Daniel in the Old Testament. And one time, this particular Old Testament Bible character, Daniel, he did a partial fast. He fasted from meat, wine, rich foods, and skin lotion, okay? Maybe he had ashy skin or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what was going on there, but um, he went without skin lotion, you know, and, and these other foods, wine and meat and stuff like that, uh, for 21 days, well, he was praying for something. And at the end of the 21-day fast and prayer session, he this angel comes to him and answers his prayer. And look at what the, the angel says to him in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. It says, uh, hey, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And so basically what was happening was Daniel was doing spiritual warfare praying The angel was on his way to bring help, but he got into a spiritual skirmish with a demon or an evil spirit known as the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And they started dueling it out, and Daniel's prayers was helping the angel to get through to finally bring the answer to his prayers after 21 days of fasting and praying. In fact, you can see something similar to this in the New Testament when Jesus' disciples were trying to cast a demon out of a boy, and it didn't work. And what, what it says, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, is like, hey, but this kind does not go out except for prayer and fasting. So those things go together. This is why every year at our church, we do something called 21 days of prayer prayer and fasting in January. And so if you're gonna participate you know, with us in that, come on in January and we do partial fast from a lot of things, some people do full fasts and stuff like that, going without food for a time. And I hear story after story after story, people in our church that are getting these spiritual breakthroughs, answers to prayers during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it reminds me of a time some years ago where during this one particular year, I really felt prompted, you ever just feel really compelled to to do something, and I felt prompted or compelled to fast with some praying for a couple of times during this this year, and it was during both of those times of praying and fasting that I was called in to help another minister who was doing deliverance or freedom ministry with someone who had been in the occult in in the past, and we dealt with two stronghold-level demons in those encounters, and we were able to get them out. And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if if I would have been effective in those encounters if I would not been praying and fasting. And it also made me think, man, there have probably been times in my life where I wasn't fasting, where I should have been fasting, and I wasn't as effective as I could have been. And even during this spiritual warfare series, some of us have been taking one day a week To do a full fast, a 24 hour fast. Um, And so here's how you do it. You, you eat dinner one night and then you go to bed that night. You wake up the next morning, you skip breakfast and lunch. You fast from those things and, you know, focus on the Lord and pray. And then you eat dinner the next night. And so you basically gone 24 hours of no eating and focusing on the Lord in prayer. Well, let me show you another uh, blindfold remover. And that's number four. Prayer in the spirit removes blindfolds. And I, want, I need to give you a little background on this before I talk about what pray, praying in the spirit is. Um, so a lot of you have probably heard of the armor of God. Some of you who are Bible readers, you know, if you've not, um, a lot of Christians talk about in spiritual warfare, you put on the full armor of God. And it's this passage in uh, Ephesians 6 where it talks about, you know, the belt of truth, You put on the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And most people go through that armor of God and they skip one. They don't mean to. They just think the armor is over, but they don't read the next verse, which is um, verse 18 of Ephesians 6. And I'll show it to you. It says, here's the next part of the armor of God. Don't leave it off. Pray in the spirit praying in the spirit is a part of the armor there see all the other parts of the armor are mostly for the ground war prayer in the spirit is for the air war you follow me in most battles there's an air war and a ground war you've got to do the air war and that's why prayer is so important in the spirit in particular it says pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests so now we need to break down what is praying in the spirit. And Paul talks about it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And as we look at this text, what I want you to understand is that some Bible truths are like a diamond. You turn them and you see the different facets of the diamond. There are four facets to prayer in the spirit that we're gonna see in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, where he says, for if I pray in a tongue, what prays? My spirit, right? My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind, Paul says. So here are the four facets of the diamond. You pray in tongues without understanding in your head. Now, years ago, I thought that the gift of tongues or speaking in tongues or praying in the spirit was something that died off with the apostles in the the New Testament times, and I I, started, I studied it more deeply and I changed my mind about that some years ago. And then I was sitting alone in my study and I was praying and I just spoke a word out loud and all of a sudden, boom, another language comes out. Like, Whoa, that was powerful. It's like a jolt of lightning spiritually speaking. It was pretty powerful. Well, so you pray in tongues. That's praying in the spirit. Some people do it, some people don't. Doesn't mean you're less than if you don't. Doesn't mean you're better than if you do, but it's a great gift to have. Um, but then the second facet of the diamond is praying with under Understanding. You pray in the spirit when you pray, controlled by the Holy Spirit, with your mind and understanding, with an intelligible language that you know. And some people sing in tongues or singing in the spirit without understanding there. And some people sing with understanding. Oftentimes it can be freestyle, and you'll notice it with a lot of our musicians and worship leaders up here is that they're not just doing improv. When they, you know, you watch them and you're singing along and you're like, dude, you're not singing the stuff that's on this. You just sing the words on the screen. You know, all you rule followers are like, you got to stick to the script, man. You got to stick to what's on the screen. But what they're doing is they're not just improv They're singing in the spirit and they're prompted by the spirit of God to sing a a specific line or word um, that sometimes power goes out And so can I show you how praying in the spirit and for me, praying in tongues one time was powerful in a spiritual warfare encounter It was one of those times where um, I was I was new to praying in the spirit and I honestly kind of didn't trust it yet. You know, I was still getting used to it. You know, it was something new for me. Well, then I get this call late at night and it's this uh, set of parents and they had a teenage daughter. And their teenage daughter, and by the way, these parents were kind of irreligious, right? They, they didn't go to church. They weren't into it. But their teenage daughter had a friend spend the night. And the friend that spent the night for some reason was triggered and started like manifesting demons and weird voices talking through her. And the parents called me and said, hey, look, you know, uh, Doug, we understand, you know, that this weird thing is happening and we don't know how to make it stop. And we understand, you know what to do about it. So can you come over here and like, make it stop, like turn it off or whatever. This is weird. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So I call a couple of friends, we meet over at their house and you know, we're, we're seeing this young lady, you know, getting, looking at us, growling, making all the, you know, demons manifest, all the weird stuff, okay? I know you're new to church, you're like, you come into the church and the guy's like up front talking about literal demons, but yeah, yeah, it's totally weird, I get it. It was as weird for me as it would be for you. And I start with, in Jesus' name, come out, didn't happen. And so I'm, I have this thought that I believe is from the Lord. And the thought was, pray in the Spirit, and what I'm thinking to myself is, you know, it's kind of weird to do in front of these people that are irreligious, you know what I mean? You know, like speaking speak tongues in front of, you know, a demon manifesting, you know, teenage girl and other people here. And it was kind of embarrassing to do, but I put myself out there and I just did it. I, I prayed in the spirit out loud toward the demon that was manifesting. And then one of my friends that was there, she, said, she was an RN and she said, um, hey, Doug, I know what you just said. She had an interpretation and her interpretation was a psalm from her Bible reading the the week before there and spoke that. And the demon was cast out. The young woman was there, you know, sane and, you know, at peace and the people who were formerly irreligious were now very open to the things of God after all that they had just witnessed. It's because prayer in the spirit removes blindfolds. You follow me? Removes blindfolds, right, On Anya? Thank the Lord for that. So let me, let, me, let me show you one more before we get to some baptisms. This is number five. Prayer walls remove blindfolds prayer walls. What's a prayer wall? Well, I'll break it down here in just a minute. But like I always do, I have to tell you a story, right? Um, so I was down in Mexico. Some of you know that our church helps support Fidel and Marianita Rubio, who they just sent me pictures last week of Taro Amada children that were just left out on the highway. They take them in. They care for them. And we were down in Mexico on a mission trip. And we were walking around this town square in Chihuahua. And while we were there, if you imagine the the red keyboard there is like where the bus stop was and I'm just walking around talking to people in this town square and I see this bald lady and she's giving me this weird look, okay? And I, I gotta, I'll take my glasses off, I'll show you what she'd do. I'd be walking around, she'd look at me and be all, <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with the weird look, man? <laughs> what's going on? It was the oh, oh right? you know (laughs) evil I so I thought before this day is over with we're going to have beef right (laughs) so I'm walking over here by the you know the bus stop or whatever and she's walking on the sidewalk facing me and I'm there with my interpreter because you know my Espanol is no bueno okay (laughs) so I got my interpreter alongside and we, we confront the bald lady, the people in the town square, they had a name for her, Bruja Palona, right? She's a bald lady. So anyways, well, when we start talking to her, you know, we're trying to share Jesus with her. And she starts like, these other voices start coming out of her. She starts manifesting these demons. And I'm telling you, it was a weird scene. And everybody's, there's a lot of pressure. All the people from the bus stop are watching. I'm like, what's gonna happen here? Well, the Bruja Polona did not want to accept Jesus. So how many of you know that it's, we're not doing her a favor by casting the demons out because the Bible says seven more evil will come in her if, if you do that. And uh, these demons keep manifesting. And then one of them manifests and tells my interpreter a very specific sin that she had committed many years ago that, that hardly anyone knew about. Let's see, how'd she do that? It's weird. Well, about that time people from our team gathered behind my interpreter and I and formed the prayer wall. They just lined up right next to each other and they started praying out loud against the powers of darkness that they would flee and that Jesus would prevail. And you know what happened? Yeah, don't clap until I hit the climax of the story. Hold your water there for a minute. All right. They start praying. And the Bruja Polona starts running and a demon, as she's running away, a demon manifests through and speaks in English, just quit your damn praying. And she runs away and everybody at the bus stop starts applauding right on. So God won, now you can clap. Now's the appropriate time, yeah. See, blindfolds were being removed. We were able to share Jesus with everyone at the bus stop and they were very open to receiving the Lord that day because the power of a prayer wall see look today is an awesome time to be alive isn't it? to follow Jesus and look as we lean into what it means to be true disciples and spiritual warriors we're gonna see great times here at our church and there are a lot of Christian people and church people that just are afraid and they just want the world to go back to the way it was before the pandemic. Well, what if it doesn't? See, the way forward is to move forward with faith and courage and love as true disciples of Jesus that believe his word, that do spiritual warfare to see other people get set free. And that's what we wanna do around here. Is anybody on board with that? so check this out. I'm going to ask you to stand now because now we're going to do a prayer wall. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to stand for two things. Number one, if you're already registered for baptism, I want you to go ahead and come on down because we want to pray over you and pray around you. So if you're registered for baptism, come on down to the front and line up right down here at the steps to my right you're left. Come on down. I would add also, if you have believed in Jesus and you're not registered for baptism, we don't even make you get baptized in your clothes. We got clothes for you. If you go to the lobby, you can get registered and you can be baptized in this service or the next one, but just line up down here. Now, all the rest of you guys, we're going to create a prayer perimeter all around them, a prayer wall. And so those of you in this seating section over here, you guys, are on the west wall. So you guys are west side, right on? West side, you ready? So west siders, here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, put your hand out towards the west. Just put a hand out towards the west. That's west. Yeah, 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 that way. And then those of you east side, I love me some east side over here. Okay, east siders, you guys reach towards the east over there. And then those of you that are in the balcony and below the balcony, you know what you are? South side, right? That's the South down there. So you're gonna reach your hand like this towards the, the South that way. So actually you're gonna reach that way. But if you're standing like that, you can put your hand like this, reach to the South towards Commerce Street that way. And then those of you who are in the middle, right here, right down here in front, you guys are the Northsiders. Okay, now it's, I hope it's not true what they say about you Northsiders, you know, but I, I know you're good people down here. You're good people. But I want you to re- reach your hands towards the North. And what we're going to do is we're going to make some declarations in the spiritual realm um, around these people. All you have to do is repeat after me, loud and proud. Say, demons, you are exposed to God's light. light. The blood of Jesus Christ covers us. us. We We believe the word of God. We pray in the spirit. No deception. Only truth. No division. Only unity. No discouragement. Only encouragement. No unforgiveness. We forgive. No jealousy. We're content. No rejection. We're accepted. No fear. We're courageous. No stealing our money. We're blessed. No sickness or disease. We're healthy. No blinding people from the gospel. We see. No blindfolds in Jesus' name. Okay, let me cover the rest of this here. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the perimeter that's around this place. And we say that all foul, dark demon spirits with all their works and effects must leave this place, must leave. These people have no right to anyone in this room or their families or their properties, their pets, their automobiles, or anything of theirs, but all Evil spirits must go to where Jesus sends them. May the Lord rebuke you, demon spirits. This is a place of the kingdom of God. And we pray in Jesus' name that scales are removed from people's eyes that they would be able to receive the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No confusion or interference or demon manifestations are allowed here, but just clarity and truth as blindfolds are removed. And as we're in prayer before God, if for some reason, for the first time in your life, you desire a love relationship with God, and for the first time in your life, you understand the gospel and wanna receive it, I want you to receive love relationship with God right now in this moment. Today's your day, this is your moment. And I want you to pray this with me and I'm gonna ask everyone here to pray this prayer out loud to encourage those that are praying it for the first time. Just say, God, I know I've sinned. I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. He was my substitute. He rose again from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, welcome into my life as my best friend and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in. Everyone said, amen, amen. Thank the Lord for that, right? Look, yeah. So again, if uh, you just prayed that, I thought about the Ethiopian eunuch who... Pray to receive Christ in his chariot and as soon as he believed he got right down in the water and got baptized and so if you just believe by all means go uh, to the lobby get registered for baptism we can get you baptized in this service or the next so let's uh, go ahead and sit down in the audience and know that it's totally appropriate to cheer for people as they get baptized as they come out up out of the water cheer and clap for them for their courage to be baptized today Could you guys sing that chorus just one more time? beautiful thing it is to watch new life, a picture of new life in Christ through baptism. So let's thank the Lord one more time. And then you guys take a seat for just a minute. Thank the Lord. and Take a seat just for a minute. And as we wrap up today, just a couple of things I want to remind you about. One is that our service times are gonna stay the exact same. And the reason I bring that up is because one of our sister churches that uh, was actually the church that helped plant us, City Church over on the Northwest side, they are changing their service times. And since some of you were on their mailing list or their email list, a lot of people in our church got that email that service times are changing. But the reality is their service times are changing. Ours are gonna stay the same, And so uh, anyways, just pray for them as they go through that service time change uh, that it goes smoothly for them. And we're just gonna keep worshiping the same exact four times, 8.30, 10, 11.30, one o'clock. Good, we're good on that? So uh, next thing I wanna remind you about is that um, our services next Sunday are gonna be still within the Spiritual Warfare series in a service entitled Make No Agreements. And we looked over that service last week. I think it's gonna be a significant service. So make sure and come on back for that one next week. In fact, we've seen God moving so much during the Spiritual Warpers series that we're gonna extend it through October. Initially, we were just gonna go eight weeks, but we're gonna keep going through October to keep getting training. Because there's so many things to talk about there. So that's good. Um, also, the prayer leaders are going to be down front on either side of the baptism pool to pray with you after service, if that would be helpful for you. Hey, man, they may even just like slam dunk your head into the water right there if you, if you need it, um, but just come and get some prayer. And then um, we just saw what our money goes towards people being baptized, coming to faith in Jesus. That's what we invest in. That's why we give money here and bring our tithes and offerings and all of that. So if you're new here and you don't know how to participate in the offering, since we don't pass like the buckets and plates in front of you, Um, There are four ways to pull that off. Um, We'll put it on screen and you can take a look at that. Um, Obviously, we're not the church that applies a bunch of pressure on that part of it. If you're a guest here, this service is our gift to you. Um, Those of you that are regulars that are a part of this and want to invest in what God's doing here, um, you can do so by mail, text to tithe. Um, You can go to the giving stations located near the exits of the theater. Just go to our website, citytribe.church. Click on the tithe link and take care of it that way. So we're so grateful for your generosity here because so many lives are being changed and that's what we wanna invest in as people that matter so much to God. So let's stand up one more time. And don't you love getting your exercise at church? You can sit down, stand up, you get those air squats in, and you're gonna leave here spiritually fit and physically fit. So go ahead and uh, join hands with someone next to you. Put an arm around someone next to you. If you see someone alone, bring them right into your crew because we wanna be a spiritual family, not a franchise around here. So dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk quoting, memorizing, meditating on the authoritative Word of God, go from here covered in the blood of Jesus. Go from here praying in the spirit and removing spiritual blindfolds from others all around you who desperately need the love of Jesus. So go from here and watch good football and enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. We'll see you guys next time, peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.